Hey, welcome to Braves Country. Coming up on Braves Country, Angie Aparo, an extremely successful singer, musician, songwriter from here in Atlanta. Not only does he release amazing music, tours on his own terms, and his songs have been recorded by Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, Edwin McCain, Zach Brown Band, Miley Cyrus, Big and Rich, so many more. He's a huge fan of the Atlanta Braves, and he's got one incredible story of overcoming incredible odds to be where he is today. He's got new music. He's writing a book. He is one of the most interesting people you'll hear from on this podcast. And he's coming up next. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Hey, Angie Apera, welcome to Braze Country, buddy. Glad to be here. Where are you in the world today, Angie? I'm actually in Hilton Head. Um, I moved down here about 10 years ago from Atlanta. I was actually coming here for years, kind of writing, and then I fell in love with it. I wrote my first record down here. I just kind of had a gig back in the 90s, and I was here a lot, and then I just sort of fell in love with it. And then I was obviously on the road most of my life, but about 10 years ago, I said, let me just do this. Let's get this over with. <laughs> One of my favorite places on earth is Fripp Island, South Carolina. Oh, beautiful. We used to vacation there. I just love the low country. I just like the uh-huh. speed of it, the fact that it's very southern, you know, which is, yep. I know it's hard to tell that I have a southern accent, but uh, I, most, people, <laughs> most people think I'm from New York City. New York City? <laughs> Turns out it's not the case Apple. at all. Yeah, that's right. from the Big Apple, man. Yeah, I know, right? No, exactly right. But it's funny because I, um, yeah, my wife is from New York, which is uh, which is, a, uh, is, is interesting. interesting. It's great to, uh, to check in with great musicians, and that's what we try to do here on Braves Country is talk oh, to you. ball players and talk to artists that have been around the Braves for a long time. Now, I know you weren't born in Braves Country, but soon <laughs> after where was uh, you guys moved to Florida and then to Georgia and then now to South Carolina. So you've spent a lot of time around this whole southeastern United States, which is what Braves Country is. Totally. And what's crazy, I was thinking about it this morning, what's interesting is because when we were in Florida, where I was there till about 15, 16 years old, you know, we were, I was born in Boston, so we were, you know, Red Sox fans. But then, you know, Ted Turner started broadcasting the Braves, I think, in 74-ish. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we had Channel 17. So it's the sort of superstation. Like, yeah, it became, you know, America's team. And so that's where we were sort of drawn into the Braves way before we even thought we were moving to Atlanta. So, yeah, because, you know, that was back before Florida had any teams, you know, mm-hmm. baseball teams. So it's kind of interesting. That drew us to, to the Braves. And then when we got here, of course, it was just, holy Lord, it was an amazing team. We're talking with Angie Aparo, who's an extremely successful singer, musician, and songwriter. Has spent a lot of time here in Atlanta, lived here for uh, some time now in, in uh, Hilton Head, which is still Braves country for sure. But uh, he oh, releases yeah. great music on his own, tours on his own terms. Songs been recorded by Faith Hill and Tim McGraw, Edwin McCain, Miley Cyrus, Big and Rich. And you even sang with uh, Zach Brown Band on one of their records. 
Yeah, he did uh, at the Fox, you know, in Atlanta. He did a live record, and um, I, I love Zach. I love that whole band so much. They're all been friends with them since we were just tooling around Buckhead <laughs> yeah. trying to play gigs. But, um, yeah, so he brought a, a lot of his friend artists up there, and we did the uh, – I did a duet with him there. It was amazing, like, night. I've only done the Fox twice, and that was, like, way better than when I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that wind up on a live record or something like that? Yeah, it's on. Uh, yeah, it's on, on his. Well, back then, this is a while ago, so it was his live DVD thing called "Pass the Bottles." Does that sound right? Pass the jar, maybe. But pass the jar. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, you're right. Those yeah. guys are great, man. I've been fortunate to be very acquainted with John Hopkins and with Coy uh, oh, Bowles. So yeah, Hop's great, and, and Clay Cook too, who's incredibly talented. And Zach, I mean, just that whole band. They're, you're right. They're they put together great music, and they got a new record out. And I know you're working on one too. And we'll get uh, we'll get to some of that as well. Talk about your Braves love. Angie, uh, how are you feeling about the Braves this year, and how do you see things playing out this season? Any predictions you got going? More than a prediction, I, it's kind of a prayer, and it goes like this: uh, World Series, Amen. Yeah, <laughs> Hallelujah. I like it. That's the way it normally goes for for fans of any team, but it's specifically the Braves as yeah. we're talking about them. Yeah, totally. It's a short and short and sweet prayer, and I think Jesus is listening. Amen. Me. Yeah. Well, look, he listens to all of us, so I did. That, yeah, that does not surprise me one bit. Now, I'm not sure where that ranks. Like, you know, of all the things that are getting prayed for, because I I struggle with that sometimes when I pray for UGA to win a national championship or the Braves to win the World Series. Like, right. I know this isn't top my uh, top of mind, Jesus, yeah. but uh, if you could just consider it when you're done with the rest of the stuff. Right, right. Just at the end, it's fine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Before hey, I die, at some point, we yeah. all know that the Lord yeah. loves the Braves, and that's all good. So, yeah, right. But uh, why? Yeah, why exactly. do you, Angie? Why do you love the Braves? Uh, tell us all about your Braves love. Well, I mean, a lot of it happened when we. When we came here, well, of course, the the 90s dynasty era, you know, it's just to me, it was just amazing. But my kids were right at that right age, my two sons. And I mean, obviously, baseball to me is, I mean, I, on the art side of things, it's just a very poetic game to me. Yes, it is. I know that's been written about by many people, George Will and all that. But um, yeah, it was just that was the era when they were at the right age to receive that kind of stuff, and I, you know, we were at the we were both at the right age to like have that father son's baseball you know moment. And there was you know fourteen years of it. So by the time the Braves were done, they were old and gone from the house. Right. Yeah. So did yeah. you did you have a bra- favorite Brave? Like, is there somebody that stood out to you as a fan over the years? It, it could be you know your earliest memories to now. I mean, I, I was because I because I'm old as as dirt. The uh, you know when I was I guess 13 is when Hank you know yeah you know put the shot over the wall. But so, so that cool. was unbelievable, and that was just you know it's so crazy because you're talking about an era before cable. There's three television stations except for 17, basically, and you know you're walking around school and you're just like it's you know it's a, everyone's talking about it. It's hard. It, 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 in today's era. You know, there's so much noise, mm-hmm. and and a lot of things don't even big big sports moments aren't even heard. I don't even hear. Sometimes we like someone will say so and so, so and so. I'm like, what? Really? Yeah, when did I didn't that know happen? The Olympics were going on. Yeah, right. No, exactly. <laughs> no, I get it. And you know what's funny, Angie, is that a lot of times for me anyway, and I, I I don't know if you feel this way too, but like I find myself because there is so much noise, turning off the TV, turning mm-hmm. off the phone, turning oh, off totally. the radio, and just like. And just almost basking in the glory of not knowing. Oh, I mean, that is literally, you know, that's die to self. That's Jesus stuff to me. Yeah. Like, it's like, 
you know, just stay being being now present, you know, yeah. because it is it's almost impossible. There's so much noise. I mean, it's in music, obviously, too, because there's just but I, I agree with you. man. that's that's a spiritual thing for me, too, is to stay present. And a lot of that is just to, you've got to get out of the noise. It's like mm-hmm. the, you've got to get out of the way of that stuff. You're exactly right. Angie Apero here on the Braves Country Podcast. Doug Coward, Scott Munt, you started singing in church and performing there, and, and were made, you were made a soloist in the choir, which is cool. How did coming up in that environment, growing up in church, how did it influence and impact your life? I mean, I was, you know, I was kind of the, I was a boy soprano, which I guess I'm still a man soprano now because I sing pretty high. But, right. um, but uh, I don't know, you know, it's just... It, it, a lot of it was the choir stuff, and I, we were Catholics, that, you know, still am today. But the uh, they they would do like I guess they were trying to be kind of hip for the kids or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. and they would do like these folk folk choirs, you know, like with acoustic guitars. They were, sure. you know, it's the seventies, and uh, and that sort of drew me in. Just the idea of like, oh, I can play. I, I wasn't doing it in the choir, but I was like, I can learn to play acoustic guitar, and that's sort of where I started learning mm-hmm. it. And then then just the church in general. I mean. It's crazy that I just think the, the the church and gospel and the gospel and gospel music is sort of in a crazy way. It's the uh, kind of the underpinning of the narrative of, of rock and roll. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the crossroads, the devil versus God, sure. that old chestnut. You know, um, yeah. so I just think there's a lot that comes out of the, that came out of the church. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they were the first ones to notate music. You know, after like the because there were no like threaded instruments. You know, back it was hard to notate music. Sure. But so, I mean, the, ch- the church to me is just the, be- the beginning, you know, of everything in-, in music. Have you ever performed at a baseball game or uh, played for the Braves or played at baseball stadium? And what was that like for you? You know, I, the only thing I did at a stadium, I never I never did the anthem, but I did, me and Edwin did a, McCain did a show at, at the Greenville, I think it's a uh, Red Sox minor league park in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, I, I did that once and uh, it was kind of interesting. It was weird. We were like, stage was kind of at the mound you know looking you know towards the plate and that was really interesting and then the other thing i did was uh back in lakeland the spring training uh stadium was i think the detroit tigers then might still be and i did like a uh i had like a pitch off you know i was a pitcher back then (laughs) i was a short pitcher so those are kind of my two stadium things it seems like it would be difficult to perform there with all the the echo and the reverb and and i guess you get monitors i don't know but Anytime you get a chance, it just seems like the coolest thing to do to perform in front of people there to see, you know, to see a ball game. And, you know, especially if they throw the flyover in and there's it just seems like a magnificent moment or it could be. I mean, the the little thing I did with Edwin at the at the minor league stadium was amazing. I mean, it was just it was kind of strange because you're you're sort of looking at the plate. You're headed. You're you're facing the plate. Um, And uh, I was just I felt like. In the middle of my set, I was like, I looked at my drummer. I was like, I should just throw this guitar as a fastball. Just, <laughs> just once. <laughs> just once. I think that's part of the fun for musicians when they play a ballpark. Uh, you kind of get that chance for a day to feel like you're, you know, on a baseball, on a pro baseball team, don't you? It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, it's just, I mean, I went, I was at uh, Cooperstown years ago with my 10-year-old son. And it is, you know, when you walk out behind, I'm, I'm a, I think that's where the first game was played, right? The, behind the... the Double-day field, it's certainly ceremonial in many ways, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, I, just the pastoral nature of that game is just, it's just beautiful. And then, yeah, that beyond the field is just even crazier. But yeah, it's it's definitely and there there definitely is. You're right. There definitely is kind of a a good echo thing going on. Like it's sort of like uh, you know, thank you, thank you. <laughs> right. No, it is. It seems like it'd be difficult. But you know what? You, you we, we've talked a little bit about faith. We talk about 
baseball and and i do think much like you do that it is a good analogy for life in baseball if you hit three out of ten you can go to the hall of fame ask chipper jones at the same time it's one of those things where you're encouraged to never give up even though the odds are stacked against you it's very it's such a great analogy for life i think oh i completely believe that yeah the game of game of inches or i just think like yeah, you know what's crazy? The, the percentage thing is, is is kind of interesting. Uh, you know, who used to say, I think Edwin used to say this. It was something like, uh, you know, you can, in, in music, you know, you can be like, wow, he's 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 working at 80% of his game and he mm. still doesn't have a record deal. <laughs> right. That's, that's such a good, that's good. That's a really fun thing to say. I want to recommend a book to you, I, just, just quickly before we move on. It's called Baseball as a Road to God, Seeing Beyond the Game, written by John Sexton. I've just read a cross it and i'm oh, gonna get wow. it i've not read it yet but it just seems like it's right in our wheelhouse yeah what a title wow yeah, yeah. totally gotta get that yeah, yeah. me too yeah i, I want to get a hold of it as well what you got angie apparel you are an amazing comeback story uh speaking of beating the odds uh in that you suffered a stroke in 2016 and had to relearn to speak and if you don't mind talking to us about that uh and now that you're back to recording and performing live looking back at it uh, how tough was that road to recovery for you? And what advice would you offer to Braves fans who, um, who you know, who might be out there fighting to overcome struggles that they're facing in their own lives? Obviously, prayer. Um, it, 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 it's it's a definitely like it, it was a crazy. It becomes a crazy challenge of will. But yeah, mine was kind of strange. I, I had a thing called a carotid dissection in my carotid artery, which is kind of rare unless you're like in a car. It mostly takes like force like you know a car accident or something because it's an internal tear in the artery but it can't happen just for whatever reason for genetics so mine just kind of tore or dissected when i woke up in the morning and then i my because my stroke was weird because i i was really healthy and i had no plaque and they didn't know what was happening because so it was really sort of a blood clot that went to my brain not like you know i didn't have like plaque going you know that broke away so then that gave me that it was really that was the stroke moment and and i ended up with uh, um, thank God I had no like it was on left side left sided uh, stroke so I didn't really have I had all my movement you know skills I yeah. could still strum a guitar I just couldn't tell you what a G chord was but but uh, but it was aphasia stuff and it was just a really I mean it's terrible for anyone and then as a writer it was just sort of like you know I could, I could see the word but I couldn't say it and then just to I mean just I, I just think it's all prayer it's all prayer and 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 gaining will through will of God. And um and just staying, you know, it's just it's it, another you know baseball analogy, you know, it's just stay in the game, you know, just stay in the game, and, and God will find you find you through it, you know. That's life right there. That. You just got to stay in the game and take it one inning, one pitch at a time, you know. Totally, totally. Hey Angie, I read that you actually went around the grocery store singing the names of different uh, items that you saw, and I wondered. Was there any? Uh, did you ever watch baseball during that time frame as well, and and use that as part of your comeback? You know, it, it, I had it was really hard. Information was very hard. It's crazy. The first time I got like a couple weeks later, I was able to get in a car and sort of drive. But I, I had a, like a major anxiety attack. I'm sure because you just don't realize what your brain. You know, we take so much of that for granted. You know, we, you're driving down the street and your brain is operating on peripheral vision on this cars going by. And I did. I kind of pulled over and called my wife. I kind of had to go right back to the house. Um, so I wasn't, there wasn't a lot of television stuff or looking at stuff for me. And then the, the grocery thing was my, my neurologist, who's still my neurologist today because I still get my checkups for my dissection and him, um, 
he, he knew I was a singer-songwriter, and he said, you know, there's a lot of uh, music therapy, of course, for stroke and, and um, for brain, even any kind of brain injury. And he said, you know, I want you to go anywhere, Walmart or a grocery store, and just try to, when you see something, if you can put a melody to it. And uh, so I would just... I'm telling you, I, I went to this Harris Teeter here in, in Hilton Head, and I, and I looked like the crazy guy walking around the thing going, here's the ketchup bottle, here's the, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm supposed to laugh at that, but that's hysterical. <laughs> it is pretty funny, but, but what was crazy is it was almost exponential with me learning those words. Because, you know, I'd be like, it's, it's, you just don't imagine how much you don't, you take, like, a truck, what kind of truck? You know, a, there's... Ten different trucks. Uh, not 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 the brand, but just is it a pickup truck? Is it you know whatever? A semi. Um, yeah. What is it? Yes, yeah, it's a semi that just attached to everything. A vegetable. You know how many vegetables there are. So it it, it was very that kind of idea and me using his my doctor's advice. Um, that's what I've been trying to. I'm trying to make this app that sort of is for aphasia. It's kind of got stalled because of COVID last year, but it sort of uses music to to help them get through this or, or and I have, we're trying to figure it out technologically and all that but um i just think there's music is so powerful i mean just obviously and, and i think my doctor said it's the one of the only things that that activates or lights up both sides of the brain at the same time it's incredible so pretty yeah pretty amazing yeah I, i'm just fascinated by this because i'd be honest i didn't know that happened to you and maybe that was yeah. by design maybe i mean you didn't you, you Maybe it wasn't something that you wanted, you know, broadcast until you're comfortable with it or whatever the, whatever the reason behind it, I didn't know. And I usually am pretty dialed in to what's happening in the world of music because I love it so much myself. So it, yeah. it's fascinating, man. Your story is absolutely fascinating. And I, and I love what you said, man, that people just need to pray. They need to, to pray yeah. about whatever it is that they're going through, whether it's something similar to yours or whether it's the loss of a job because of COVID or, or income or whatever in the world it is, or COVID itself, who knows? I think oh, your totally. your advice is so golden. Oh uh, Yeah, I mean, I just think it's, I, I was blessed to have, you know, a really, uh, my, uh, my mother, uh, Kathy, Kathleen, we call her Sister Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was uh, blessed to be around, you know, really kind of centered uh, spirit in her and my father too but she was sort of the you know our spiritual leader in the sure. family and she still is she's here with us too they just they just moved back to marietta which is amazing so now we're close to the ballpark <laughs> yeah we have to get them over here to a game goodness gracious yeah we're actually coming yes yeah, soon me and my dad and my sons but yeah so I, I i'm just you know i just think the the whole point of of all of it is just to be present and whatever's happening to you i mean there there's a reason there, yeah. there is a reason. So, so search for the reason, and stay in the game, and and you know God will point you your way through it. No question about it. I remember the first time I heard your music was on on ninety nine X back in the day, and they were playing Spaceship, and I I just loved it. And I remember when I, I went out and bought the oh, CD, wow. and it was so awesome. It was so oh, cool. cool. And Thanks, my wife's from upstate New York, and I was like, you got to hear this guy. He's from Atlanta, and they're playing him on 99X, and you just get a lot. And she loved it. And then and then we stumbled upon uh, the fact that you had written Cry that Faith Hill recorded. And I've worked country radio for 20 years, so I knew right. the song when it was when it was released. I knew the album when it came out. And that was another, and, and, and I kept seeing that correlation. I was like, oh, my gosh, same guy. Man, how cool is that, that, that he could write <laughs> – you know, something that would be played on alternative rock radio and then something that could be played on country radio, but also in the middle, you know, like a, 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 just a contemporary music station would play it. And I was, this guy's incredibly talented. Oh, so thank you, man. When, when all that came and, and all that happened, 
how did you react to that? I mean, what what was the phone call like when when somebody said, "Hey, by the way, Faith Hill's going to record this song and she's going to name the album after the title track after you uh, after a song you written?" Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I was I was uh well, I mean to uh, to go back a little bit, what was crazy is that I was in LA and my version of Cry was about to come out. And we were in LA at the Star Station and you know kind of doing our our radio tour and mm-hmm. and shaking hands with you know program directors and all that and it was coming out like in two weeks and we just it was going to be the beginning of me as an artist um because spaceship had done well at rock radio and now we were moving into this whole other pop world and you know you know the radio thing we were gonna have a bunch of ads next tuesday yeah. that thing. and um and all of a sudden i'm flying back to atlanta and clive davis who signed me gets pushed out of arista and um and the whole the, the american that record just goes away oh wow and yeah so i'm just like okay and uh so we i we kind of plugged away a little we could have followed clive to which we should have probably but um and then a month later maybe two months later i get a call from uh matt serletic who produced the american and i think he was he was at the cma he had done a willie nelson record produced that and he was at the cmas and he met faith and said, I got a song you got to hear. And she heard it, and then it was just, you know, it just took off from there, which was just amazing. And and, and Faith and Tim have been so good to me. I, me and her have done that as a duet a couple of times, on, on when I think on her NBC special, and then we I did a little run with them, the the uh, Soul to Soul tour. Um, so, yeah, they've just been really good to me. Yeah, no, they're, they're wonderful folks, there's no doubt about it. And it's funny, the time that I've been able to spend with Tim McGraw, very little with Faith, but Tim over the years, uh, several, several occasions, and, and it's funny because he always remembers me because my name's Tug and his dad was Tug. So we have that little goof um, that we, that we, uh, yeah, the, and mine's a nickname. His dad was actually Tug, you know, but, but because yeah. <laughs> I, I always, he meets 10,000 people. So I always introduce him like, hey, I'm Tug from, you know, 1015 here in Atlanta. He's like, man, I could never forget you. There's only two Tugs that I know, you and it, my dad, <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, it's just very sweet. And, 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 you know, he didn't have to say that and he always does. And, and it's just very cool. So they are, they're terrific folks. Now, tell me about the, the stuff with Miley Cyrus and Big and Rich, because I, I don't know that I'm familiar with it. Uh, the Big and Rich, that was pretty early. I, I wrote uh, a Big Time. That Are you I serious? I love that song. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that with, with, with both of them. They've been just, just, yeah, I mean, I just love those guys so much. <laughs> John is just like. A, oh, it's terrific. He's just been such a supporter and a cheerleader for me. And but yeah, so we kind of they were just coming together. The American, of course, was out, and they were a fan. So I, I don't, were you ever into the music mafia? That they, yeah, they had of in course. Nashville? Yeah. So I just became a part of that. Just sort of a you know, hey, come on, you're part of this. And uh, that's when me and the three of us just started partying a little, little too hard in Nashville. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Unheard it happens. of. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, and then John said, "Man, let's go write a song." So I, we went over to the house or the apartment and wrote that. So it was just, yeah, it was great. Oh my gosh, I it's crazy how many of those songs of theirs that I love, man. I I just oh, so there's such an incredible act that I don't think I think because they were so different, a lot of people didn't respect's not the right word, but didn't give them the credit that maybe they deserved because they they really, in my view changed country music from what it was to what it is now it, 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 it at least on the path that it's on now oh i 
completely. And and uh, they brought more of a de- demographic. They brought oh, sure. more demographic. Yeah. You know, brought all these different kinds of people. It was interesting because I was sitting with him and Gretchen Wilson in 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 their bus, mm-hmm. and they were playing somewhere in Nashville or outside of Nashville. And he had the uh, John said something like, "I found it fascinating." He said, "You know, you see these kids walking in here to this show." And he said, "If you can go back to their go back to that guy's truck, in his truck, he's going to have a Whalen record, an ACDC record, and a Snoop Dogg record." That's the truth. Isn't that amazing? And it was like that. I just love that music has expanded. And 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 John's thing was like, you know, kind of like that's what I want to expand it to. Yeah. You know, it- just. It's fascinating. Just he's a fascinating guy. It totally is. You know, another song that that they did that I loved, and you you probably remember it. I don't know. I think they released it as a single. It was called "Never Mind Me," and it almost had like uh, the sound that Thomas Rhett, who's huge on country radio now, is from Georgia. Mm-hmm. That kind of sound that he used on his first record was it, it seemed to me was borrowed from "Never Mind Me" from the "Coming to Your City" oh. album. Oh yeah. It's yeah, yeah, just yeah. super, super Interesting. cool. Yeah. Yeah, very cool, guys. And, hey, Angie, to that point, uh, I know you, right when you were doing all that, you did a song with uh, uh, Cowboy Troy, didn't you? Me and uh, Cowboy and John wrote uh, uh, Play Chicken with the Train. I love that song. Mm-hmm. I yeah. play chicken with a train, train, chicken train, with a train, train, chicken. I know it well. Well, you're going to make us pay some, be- yeah. some royalties I'm now. I'm telling you, man, I love all those songs, though. <laughs> We had a blast. I was with them. They were they were st- they were blowing up, but they were opening for McGraw for Tim. And so I jumped on the bus for a couple of weeks, and we were writing stuff. And uh, that one was we wrote that in Memphis. Um, kind of we were walking around the yeah. It was just you know it's just that's it's one of my favorite things about writing is that when you let writers be writers, they be writers. Yeah. You know, like you just you can't you really have to be in in again like present with yourself and hopefully with the right people and we were i think another one we were just having so much fun and they were they were opening they were just crushing it they're opener you know remember they're just coming out yeah. you know, they're like and they're opening for tim at least doing you know, 10 20 000 seaters and it was just it was kind of a beautiful two weeks but yeah we wrote that one in memphis way cool angie i know when you step to the plate for your own shows uh you have a very cool way that you play guitar through an amp and you use a distortion microphone as well uh, as the regular mic to add a lot of dynamics to your live oh, yeah. show, which I really love. And um, it's kind of got a Tom Waits feel, in my opinion, but without being so far out there that the song and the story get lost for the audience. And can you tell us about that and how and where you came up with that style? It's really awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah, I um, when, when we did The American, and I had done, I'd done a home demo of Spaceship, and I just had this little effect on my little 8-track box, you know, for that, and I just was like, wow, it'd be cool if the verse was this kind of old radio voice and then, you know, whatever. And so we cut the track and did it with better equipment. <laughs> um, and uh, and then we, you know, went on the road with Matchbox 20, and I, I was, like, trying to figure out how to how do I do that voice? You know, I want to have this something. So we tried a lot of things, and that bullet, that's a bullet mic. It's, like, really a harmonica mic, you know, the kind you hold your cup in your hand while you're playing harp. And... Um, it just worked, and it just was easy to, to EQ and easy to put on the road. And then when I went solo, kind of when the band went away for a minute, I said, well, i got to have this there. So I just, I called the press conference. I put the two mics close together. <laughs> and, I love uh, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it like it paints a great picture. <laughs> yeah, it does. And it's kind of, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And then it, I, it kind of, it story-wise and narrative-wise, I kind of moved it into sort of as my alter ego in a way so i 
sort of can define these two voices. And uh, so it's, it's really interesting to tell jokes or, or set up jokes with it. Um, and it just it just stuck, and I I I love that I love that little Mike. Yeah, right. No, I get, it, it's funny. And when Scott was asking that question and and talking about it, just the stories behind country music specifically, just because that's what we're talking about. But you can find it in, across all genres of music. But when I was trying to convince my now seventeen year old son that country music is really good and entertaining, and all of his buddies were only into hip hop or only into pop. Right. And there's about seven or eight kids that they play ball together, they go to high school together, there's buds, right? And none of them, except my son, listen to country music. And when I taught him about the story behind the song, I was like, listen to the lyrics. Oh. Take the time to hear what the artist is saying. And it may be totally. where I grew up. It may be a, a tough time that I've had. Maybe I drank too much. Maybe I wish I was drinking a bunch. Yeah. Take the time to listen to that. And, and he took that to his little group of friends and now they're all rising juniors at Alpharetta High School and all love country music because they listen to the stories. I agree. I mean, country music has always been the land for the storyteller. I mean, always. You know, every, every I, I had a, a great friend of mine who um, died a stroke, <clears throat> had two massive strokes here in Hilton Head. He died the year I had my stroke, but he was an amazing poet, like New York guy, and moved here years ago. And and he was he and he's a rock and roller and was to to his death, you know. But he would tell me he's like Ange, man, Nashville, that's the land of the storyteller. And I just it always hit me so hard because he, you know, he he was a great artist. So, so of course he loved the Ramones and he also loved you know, you know Cash. You know, you know it's just you can't you know those are just beautiful things. Yeah. And and the obvious and they go together, believe it or not. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I just thought that that hit me so hard because it is. You're right, man. It's like. It's the lyric. I mean, the music's great too. Yeah. But it, the music is just a like a, a it's a plate right. to serve you the story. That's you know? a, that's a great great analogy. It's a great example. You're exactly right. You're also working on. I know you're working on a new record, but you're also working on a cartoon and a book. Give me what that's about. How does that come about? Man, it's kind of it's been a long so years and years ago. I, I've had this. I had well, it started as those two things. And you know, in, it's sort of been in development for years in my head, uh, which is which is a really weird place to go. But um, right. <laughs> I spent a week there one night. Right. Um, yeah, I'm but, never going back. I'm never going back to that thing. Uh, but I, I was putting all these different pieces of of art, you know, music and book and animation and illustration, because I, I my um, distant cousin. Uh, it was Jim Aparo, uh, who did Batman and the, the covers of Batman, DC comic stuff, back in the, like, 70s to 80s. And so I have a little bit of that in my genes, but I just wanted to do all this stuff. And then I re I've been, in the back of my head, I've been working on this, like, fake town called Bloomville for years. And I just, I'm sort of keeping it as my place to not lose my mind. All right. And I've developed all these characters over, you know, 15 years. And I, they just sort of put them all together recently, about about a year and a half ago. And so it's all going to be told through this town called Bloomville, which will be like a virtual place, like a probably a subscription type model, but on you know online. And through that, it's going to come the stories, which would have been the book. But um, but they're being told through the through the Bloomville Gazette. Like it's going to be a real thing where you get the newspaper and you get the thing and then the, the there's a heavy story that goes on in it and i can't tell you who done it but i can tell you what happened so the uh and this just kind of i'm a big like patriot guy you know constitutional guy yes like, sir I god bless you I hallelujah yeah, i can't stand been wiping their butt with it for 30 years and i can't stand it yeah but um 
so this is about the government basically in Bloomville. It's sort of a Gotham place. There is no place. You know, it's, it's every place. Sure. And um, they, they're they're this technocratic, you know, government. It's authoritarian, communist kind of thing. And the artists, these three artists in the town, start writing about it. Um, one's a punk rocker called Sid, Sid Delicious, and one's, you know, they're all these, they're different forms. One's country, one's, you know. Yeah. And uh, Fred, my favorite one in, in Bloomville is Freddie the Fetus. He's, okay. a, he's literally a fetus, and he's always a fetus, like, like Stewie. You know? <laughs> right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, from Family Guy. And he, he's, yeah, he's the kind of the prince, you know, hip-hop guy. Uh, anyway, so they, they start telling, you know, speaking against the government, and the government kills all three of them. Oh, my. Right? So this gets better. Then I moved to Bloomville, just because I do, and uh, they start coming to me as ghosts. Okay. And so I start I start channeling them. So those albums will I'll, so they'll be like I'll, I'm going to put out these like punk, a punk rock record by Sid, you know, channeled by Angie Aparo, a country record by. So it's really me channeling them, and then we kind of figure out who exactly did it. So it's sort of like a whodunit that goes on over the first ye- first season, which hopefully will be released. And I, I well, this will go till 23. It won't come out, but. Yeah, so that's sort of what it all developed into over the last year and a half because of COVID. <laughs> yeah, right. look, you had a lot of time on your hands. We were stuck. We were stuck in our rooms. Oh, God. But that yeah. sounds like a great way to explain to people some of the situations that are going on in the world today, Angie. I really like where you're going Me with too. that. Yeah, I just think we're in a really, really bad time right now in yeah. the world, just, not just America. I mean, if you know, if America goes down, everything goes everything down. Everything I mean, It's down. not that we're we're better. It's just that we protect, you know, we have we're freedom. Yeah, it's the last bastion of it. There's no doubt and about it. And we're never, we're never oh. going to let that happen. Yeah, we're. I mean, what Ronald oh. Reagan always said: you're one generation away from losing your freedom. So, but I think it's interesting though that that you bring that idea to that forum that as in a cartoon because it will influence influence it out right where it will at least be seen and um, consumed by probably a younger audience whether young adults or or even younger kids whatever it is it gives the right message because there's plenty of stuff out there that don't give the right message yeah i I think the 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 real at the end of the day the real power of art is to with if to speak it of course but to also just at least grow people's antennas so they can see more of what's really happening you know you know what i mean it's just a lot of what happens now is because you know uh you know, communism and, and authoritarianism grows in darkness. You know, it doesn't. So when the art, that's why they go after the artist first. You know, the artist right. is the one taking the taking the sheet off, the, you know, the covers off of this thing and saying, "This is what's really happening." So yeah, I'm with you, man. It's like even if you can just just expand people's head a little bit to to, to look up, take a peripheral view at your world or your whatever. Then you know, I think the artist has done his job. I think it's brilliant, man. That's so cool, and we so appreciate it. And we're gonna, you know, kind of coming toward the end here, but a couple more things for you. Talking to sure. Angie Aparo on Braves Country, Tug Cowart, along with Scott Munn. Hey, Tug. On a lighter note, uh, we always like to talk with our, our guests about their favorite foods and places to get food across Braves Country, and find out some of the hidden spots that you might know because you traveled so intensively around the southeast. So, so what are Angie Aparo's top three to five? mom and pop or local restaurants across the southeast when you're on tour or maybe when you're at home on hilton head or up here in atlanta where where do you like where's some places folks need to know about um uh, well in my favorite one it well i love athens of course i mean just uh the, the music and the music scene in athens right now is just i think back on fire it's just really good it's healthy but no in athens i love the grit it's i don't know if you've ever been there but um absolutely it's an amazing 
Angie, I used to live a block away from the grid on purpose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just so good. It was it. I don't know. Is it true? Did 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 Stipe, Did Michael have a piece of that at some point? Yes, he did. He helped launch that. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, an amazing, like healthy, healthy kind of place. But believe it or not, doesn't take it doesn't taste as bad as healthy. <laughs> oh, <it's, laughs> that should be their that's right. that should be their slogan. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Doesn't taste as bad as healthy. Come see us today. Well, it's kind of like a southern. It's kind of a southern cooking version of uh, healthy food, isn't it? It totally is. I mean, he nailed it. Um, I love that one, and of course the OK Cafe in Atlanta. It's just, yeah. I mean, I remember when it was next to a gas station. You know, yeah. Texaco was right there, and the, um, yeah. So there, and, uh, you know what there is, which is crazy. There's one in Hilton Head, and and there's one at Perimeter Mall. So you should. It's it, it's a New York deli, a true New York deli. They're from New York. Uh, I think the one started here is called Groovy's. Uh, New York Deli, yeah, and I, and there's one here on Hilton Head that's just unbelievable. Like if you love real a real New York Deli, and I think there's and I did find the one uh, the, I know the owner here, and he goes, you know, we have a place in Atlanta. I was like, what? You know, yeah, like, so yeah, that it's amazing. There's so much good stuff around the South, though. I'm just you know, and the South is growing obviously because you know we're getting a lot of people from the North and the West and all that. So you're you are kind of seeing like like Groovies, you're seeing kind of an influence of like, oh well, here is a your wife can get a new come down here and get yeah. a New York deli. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. That's I think that's why she likes it so much. You know it, that, yeah. that. You know at least at Atlanta, we're in the burbs, we're in Alpharetta, but but she has access to things that kind of remind her of home a little bit. You know, and though totally. she's lived here longer as as longer longer than she lived in New York, it's still home, and I still appreciate that because I I have I know how much home means to me. So I always try totally. to to embrace that with her as much as I possibly can. But um, but you're right, man. There's so much good stuff here in town, and we just appreciate your time, man. Thank you for taking the time out oh. for us and 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 talking to us about some of the stuff that you've been a part of, and been able to do. And we'd like to invite you to come down to uh, here to the studios if you're ever down near the ballpark. I know you said you and your folks may come one day. We'd love yeah. for you to uh, come by, bring a guitar, play a couple songs, and just hang out with the uh, the Braves country family. Oh, I'd love to do it, man. This has been a great convo. Yeah, we, we'd love to have you, man. We'd talk some more a little about some of those things that you were bringing up that are very important. Yeah, I'd love to do that, too. I, I agree, man. I think it's uh, it, it's it's the artist's job, you know. So, And I seriously love you know, getting me on to talk, and I love you. It's been a fun conversation. Thank you so much. Well, dude, have a great day. God bless you, and, and uh, we'll catch up with you real soon. God bless you all. See you guys. All right, Thanks, man. Bye. Go Braves. Yeah, go Braves. Thepodcastpark.com is your home for the fans' entire stable of original podcasts. If you're a true Atlanta sports fan, you need to stay connected to shows like Welcome to Madlanta, featuring Atlanta's rich history of sports legends. College football fans will love the Chuck Oliver Show podcast. Two hours of college football talk every day, all year. And baseball fans get to dive into Domino's archive of baseball legends on hardball. Subscribe to all these great shows at so many more anywhere you get your podcasts or stream them free 24 7 at thepodcastpark.com presented by associated credit union spring is here and baseball is back you can't forget the derby i love the hats do you have yours yet my hat i treated myself to a whole outfit if you want to be able to treat yourself then you should check out the nest savings account at lge community credit union where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomclosets.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 